When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you want to start a podcast with me? Yeah, sure. Which one? The one we already do or the next one? <laughs> hey, sure. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> which podcast do you want to start this time? Do you want to start catching foxes again or do you want to rip off Pints of Aquinas this time? Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Funny Ethan. And it's me, Regular Patrick. Oh man! Well, I mean, I I'm always funny, so it's just you, okay. You get what you expect. <laughs> what? You, you're gonna get what you expect. You get what you deserve. <laughs> you uh, deserve. How are you? What's uh, the What's the deal? I'm doing I'm doing well. I I went to a wedding last weekend, which is funny because that's usually Who's what you do. Uh, Teddy and Dana. Shout out Teddy and Dana. Um, do we know them? Now. Have they been Have they been talked about on the podcast in the past? I've definitely talked about Teddy before. I may have talked mm. about Dana in relation to Teddy, but they uh, they they started dating a month before Phoebe and I did, and now they got married a month before Phoebe and I did, and they also got engaged, but they got engaged well before Phoebe and I did. So there's that short engagement. No, a lot. Oh yeah, I guess it, well, no, it was about a year. Oh gosh, I can't imagine if I get engaged. I want to be engaged for like three months. Yeah, I think I think we talked. Me and Phoebe talked about it, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah. let's do a year. That sounds like prudent, prudent." And then we were like, "Yeah, prudent, prudent." It's like, "Come on, now it's time. Now it's time to be married." But no, no, no. The the it's it's great. The 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 anticipation is very. Um, it's like it's part of it's part of the uh the, the gospel of marriage, right? The anticipation of the wedding day is part of the it's part of the uh, part of the analogy. What's the word that I'm trying to? the yes. metaphor the parable yeah the... it's part of the witness to mm. you know the the mm-hmm. i mean what is revelation but the unveiling ah. right mm. so yes, that's that's indeed. what that's what it has wedding imagery you know mm-hmm. and all that nonsense so yeah it's good stuff you're kind of you're just stuck in a year-long holy saturday yeah like you're just kind of waiting yeah i would say that yeah, yeah <laughs> which, which is pretty cool I uh, I love weddings. I haven't been to one this year, which is mm-hmm. well. I went to one in like the winter, but it doesn't really count. Yeah. I get yours is going to be the first of the season. It was the thing. Coronavirus is trying its hardest to make my wedding the least lit wedding, but my wedding is still going to be the best wedding you've ever been to. Melbourne, Florida. Yeah. Which church? Ascension. I'm just okay. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely bleep that out. <laughs> no, it's on the wedding website. That's the thing. Like I was. I, I had this. I had this thought a couple of days ago. I was like, literally anyone. I was like, wait a second. I'm kind of like people that don't. I don't know. Know me, right? Yeah. So I probably shouldn't put no the you details of the wedding on the wedding website. <laughs> Can we put it on the podcast the week? Can we do it the podcast <laughs> that comes out after yeah. your wedding? No, let's just let's just throw caution to the wind and say, hey, if you really want to come to my wedding that bad. Yes. You know, because our audience isn't that isn't so big that we have like creepy psycho stalkers in our audience. Well, have Do you, you seen some of our Doctor Ethan's dating corners? <laughs> that's fair. That's a good. But I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I would say here's the thing: I'd like three percent of all people are crazy, right? That's just a, that's just everybody knows that. Yeah. Um. So we have like roughly five thousand listeners. So that's like maybe ten people. 
No, no, no I don't know. Is, it not? That's, is that no, not? I don't think that's good math. Hold on, let me just do the math real quick. Let me just do a couple quick maths. I'm taking the GRE soon, so I should know this. You should probably know what I was saying about weddings, though. Oh, sorry. Go on. Is that uh, I love weddings. I haven't been to one this year. Yours is going to be the first one. But I I cry at every wedding that mm-hmm. I go to. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to cry at yours. So excited. Yeah. I Gosh, because <laughs> it's just the music and the people and everyone's happy. And it's just like, what what's not to cry about? You I know? know. It's so good. You're going to cry. Are you uh-huh. going to cry at your wedding? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was talking. So there's a wedding right after yours that Emma is in. Uh, the next the following weekend and she's like or she's like she's up like oh i'm so you're gonna be all by yourself like i feel so bad and be up at the table all, all you know i'm like i i'm gonna be just fine <laughs> the the wedding environment is the the environment that i thrive in the most because oh, what yeah. is there there's alcohol there's food there's dancing and there's people and it's like what more do you need and there's ethan that's yeah, and a, and here Ethan I am. makes three. Ethy makes three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lead the the macarena. I'm gonna I'm gonna request um some some Dutch uh uh, uh party tunes to mm-hmm. to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been starting to learn Weddings a little bit where, of Dutch, at, where everything's white: the tablecloths, the dress, and the music. And the music. Uh. <laughs> um, are, is you did you ever get a DJ, or do you still need me to make a playlist? No, I, I have a DJ. Yeah, oh thank goodness! Yeah, you still need to tell me what songs we should play, though. Oh, okay. I've got these great Dutch party songs that I'm gonna need <laughs> yeah. you to play. <laughs> I I have like a no fly list when it comes to wedding songs. I can't stand the wobble. It's yeah. just it bugs the crap out of me. There's um, a lot of songs that are really just like very explicitly sexy. Yeah, and you have these like forty year old women uh-huh, like dancing uh-huh. to them, and it's like. Ugh! I can't stand any song that would have been played at a wedding in the 90s, like We Are Family. Uh, we Are Family is the worst Celebrate song. That one, good too. Times. Come on. Any song that they would play at your elementary school pep rallies? Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> I, I never understood the Everybody we are... dance now. <laughs> <laughs> we Are Family has this, has, for me, has this air of like, we get it. You know, yeah. like, you could have made this song two seconds would have been over, like, oh, how do you know all these people? Oh, we are family oh and 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 who do you have with you i got all my sisters and me thank you all right next no 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 we are family i have all my sisters and me it's just if the 90s is the gather hymnal we are family is all are welcome it (laughs) all are welcome it's like hold on guys we need to write a song to make sure that all of the people who think catholics are intolerant know that we're not intolerant how can we do this we have to sing a song that says all are welcome over and over again. That'll how about the, them. How do you feel about the YMCA? Any songs um, that with, with movements? Do you like the Macarena? Any song where you can ironically do movements, I'm the, the electric slide, the I cha-cha have, slide. I think the electric slide is... I think the electric slide is fun. I think that the cha-cha slide is... This is my ironic opinion that the cha-cha slide is uh, conditioning for fascism. Okay. <laughs> Because I mean the the hokey pokey is is like demonic, right? I don't. It's, I, I don't. Believe this is that. no. That's I, true. I know. I've, hocus I've heard pocus. The thing. I've heard the thing that like hokey pokey is is similar to hocus pocus, but is similar to hocus corpus. I know. I get. I've heard it. I don't necessarily believe that the cha cha slide is uh is the American pronunciation of um uh-huh. who's the guy 
the, the like in in Russia they called it the Trotsky trotch the Trotsky slide the Trotsky slide yeah 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 Trotsky immigrated to Mexico which is true and uh, then he he sent his he sent his letters up to America and that's how we got the Rosenbergs yeah mm-hmm. uh, the Casper <laughs> slide part three featuring the platinum band the, ca- the Casper slide As and in, this like, time Cardinal Casper <laughs> it's gonna get funky no it's just that's just like what it's named after oh. how do you feel about the um the Cotton Eye Joe that one's fun. You like Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah, I never that's can a, That's a line dance song that doesn't try to be street. Like, all the other ones try to make it, like, a rap song. It's like, they say I'm a rapper. No, they don't, Cupid. No one says that. No one's been like, oh, I love this rap song by Cupid, the Cupid Shuffle. No one's ever said that before. Uh, But the Cotton Eye Joe freaks me out because it's like you have to kind of skip in this, like, alternating Wizard of Oz step pattern. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to go backwards. Uh-huh. And usually what I end up doing is I just grab whoever's around me and I'm just oh, jumping. I almost and then I go nailed flying. a pregnant yeah. woman at this wedding with the cotton oh, eye no. joe. Yeah, I know. That's like, that's, that's, that's 20 points, right? That's a lot. <laughs> All right. Copperhead Road. Uh, honestly, I didn't know there was a difference between that one and the cotton eye joe. But I'm Copperhead in. Road is, uh, well, man, gone dead, gone dead, down dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a song about a guy who is a drug runner, uh-huh. and he goes down Copperhead Road, and he goes so fast to run these drugs that his car flips, and he dies because I think he's getting chased by the police. But he's not. But it's a but it's a fun song where you get to go yee, and uh, you get to we honestly. Did it. I'm into we that because it, it also Kansas. had instead of like the double meaning that most line dances have, where it's like the double meaning is sex. That yeah. one, the double meaning is drugs. I think that's mm-hmm. more fun. And not just drugs. A white guy running drugs across the Mexico border who dies. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a tragedy. Fun. And it's, it's like an because ironic it was tragedy. Like, literally, he was in Vietnam, and like there's this whole backstory in the song. But all I remember about it is that you go right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right over left, left over right. What spin. about the what about the that new song by Drake, the blatant attempt to get on TikTok, the Tootsie Slide? Is that what is that? I don't know. It's the one that's like. Uh, uh, right foot, foot right. up, left foot left slide, foot right. left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying neither way we about to slide. <laughs> oh, Drake, you want to feel bad for Drake? Yeah, it's Poor like guy. oh, oh no, are you going the direction of all of those other songs? Are you going the direction of Usher, where your songs are going to be played at at forty year old weddings for the rest of? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well the the key is 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 to have is to know about songs that are that nobody knows about so they can't make it onto the no-fly list so I can request them and the DJ's like, well, it's not on the no-fly list. And so, <laughs> and then we play it and then I'm the only one enjoying myself it's because a, it's in it, another language. It is tough because people, when they hear, when they hear down, down, do your dance or whatever he says, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm on the dance floor, man. Mm-hmm, I'm putting mm-hmm. my cake aside and I'm mm-hmm. getting jiggy with it. Uh-huh. But um, this is a very young crowd, so Obviously. there's the other there's the other aspect of when people hear a song they love that's not a line dance, they'll stand in a circle and scream it, which I'm down with. That's another form of dancing. That's the millennial way. That's the millennial white really, kid dancing. Isn't really dancing, is no, it? No, it's not. But it's what happens at Franny dances, and you'll see a lot of it. I promise. Oh, great. Yeah. How many Franciscan students are going to be at this wedding? So many. So really, so many. I yeah. could. I a should ton make that a, you know. I should make a short film. Yeah. When I go, um, about my favorite it's like part, documentary style. My favorite part of the wedding that I went to um, 
was the dance circle that started when one person started dancing really well and then when he got tired he jumped out and then the only other people that were brave enough to get in the middle of the dance floor were children and that was hilarious that was awesome but then no one wanted to go like after the really good dancer then the kids no one wanted to be the one okay guy. i was like and phoebe looked at him and was like why is nobody dancing i'm like because we started a dance circle in fort wayne indiana it's not happening Dance circles, happen here. dance circles are the bane of my existence. It sucks. I, I love to dance. I don't know how to dance. I'm not very good at dancing. Yeah. I, I think it's fun. I don't really care what people think of me. But because of that and because of my just general demeanor and nature, everyone's like, get in the oh, dance get circle. Either. Get in the dance yeah, floor. I'm going to push you in. They're like, no, no, no. You don't get to push me in. Back it's in youth like, group, when you got volunteered, for, when someone volunteered you for something, that person had to do it. Right. Yeah. It's just like this. It, in no other circumstance would there be that much like community pressure to perform. Like you don't go to a <laughs> comedy club and then there's like a break between acts. People are like, go up there. You're funny. Oh, no, you got it. You're so funny. You go up there. It's like, no. In fact, the opposite. People would show up expecting to be able to go on just whenever they wanted. But it's like, no, right. no, no. You had to sign up like this. It's like, advance. hey, you're, you're at this wedding to have fun. Now, I would like you to perform well and yeah. make everybody laugh and or go ooh or ah yeah. for about 45 seconds to a minute. That's a lot. That's hey. It's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. So usually, whenever I see a dance circle, I just go and I say like, "Ooh, sorry, I gotta go to the bathroom." Ooh, I had my tummy. I get my. I got a lot of beer. I got a lot of cake in here. (laughs) I did have. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the habanero pepper that I ate. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Okay. I know (laughs) we we gotta start the show. (laughs) We gotta do hot take time machine. This is all the show. This is all part of the show. Oh, I know it's the start of the show, but (laughs) I ate a. So I was with Emma's family this weekend. It was amazing. It was great. I love the good people of Nebraska. Um. Her brother, the breadbasket of America. Her brother's awesome. He's like 22. He's gonna be a senior in college. We talked about physics for a long time. It's <laughs> great, but we uh, we made salsa. He made salsa, but we went to the store with him to get to get stuff for salsa. And he got some habanero peppers. And we were when we were in the store, he said, "Hey, Ethan, do you want to eat one of these with me when we get back?" And what am I gonna say? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's her brother. It's her family. Yeah. It's her house. I can't like back down from a challenge. So I go home. <laughs> And everybody's there. He kind of rinses it off and hands it to me. And I just, just straight off the stem, I ate the whole habanero pepper. It was the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) I'm very sensitive to spice. When you're listening to this podcast, you probably imagine me sort of tall, swarthy, bronzed, you know, I'm very white and I'm very not my, my, (laughs) my constitution is not what it, uh, could be let's just I have a say. minus two for constitution <laughs> and um so when i ate this pepper and i'm already like pretty sensitive to spice like when we go and we eat yeah. tacos on taco tuesday in tulsa it's just like it's just pork and like a little bit of salsa and i'm the only one at the table sweating just because like and it's not <laughs> like i can't handle it it's, i enjoy it it's tasty but i just my body doesn't like it and so i eat this habanero pepper and there's a video of it i'll post it right now in the chat so excited and literally it's just spread so quickly over my whole mouth and it felt like my ears like it felt like somebody had stuck hot butter knives into my ears like my (laughs) ears were burning specific sensation it was it was so like my whole everything and so i was like emma was like are you okay what do you know i said get me some milk like (laughs) 
And I so, need me some milk. <laughs> and then she got me she got me a cup that was like this big, so I kept having to. She didn't want you to it. waste the milk. Also, well, no one could see that, but it was small. I know. I was. I was. It was a very small cup, and I just pour it like just. And then they were like, "You should hold it in your mouth." So then I had to like hold this warm milk in my mouth to try and like dull <laughs> the sensation of my ears feeling like they're about to pouring fall off. milk in your ear. I and then I drank so much milk, and then later that night they made homemade ice cream. So I made homemade. I ate like two bowls of homemade ice cream uh-huh. and then i had and then i had the belly problems because <laughs> you had an entire had, habanero pepper like eight gallons of milk and then... i had a i had the big bad belly badness and so oh, I bet. <laughs> this is this is the beautiful thing right i think i finally understand um what it means to like really love somebody in their brokenness because i was laying there and i was just like in such pain and emma was just sitting there just trying to like like she does with her babies at work like because she because little small tiny NICU babies they have to like be burped yeah and so she like kind of squeezes them and then they they burp or they fart and so she was sitting there trying to like rub my toots out of me like on my back (laughs) and it was the the nicest thing that's ever happened Phoebe has never rubbed the toots out of me you know you gotta you gotta ask her because it's they just come out on their own (laughs) <laughs> this was and then i she was makes very me go stand in the corner until they're gone she goes no, no I, come over here <laughs> i was very stopped up um and very i was a burden because everyone was like let's hang out let's do something fun and i was like i've got the dairy problem <laughs> i did I'm a sorry. milk i had a milk mistake i had Please. a milk mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i've been having that issue with uh with gluten recently so really? I might, yeah, I, I ate a, I ate like a sandwich for the first time in weeks. So I haven't had my, I have a, I have a regular sandwich. That I eat every, every lunch, but I haven't had it for a couple of weeks because of just, I don't, we had it's it. An irregular sandwich. Anyway. Though. Yeah. And so I ate my regular sandwich and all of a sudden I started like feeling bread, bread thing. I was like, Oh no, I feel like I shouldn't have eaten that bread. I was like, Oh no, am I developing a gluten intolerance? That means I'm not going to be able to eat pizza with the kids. They're going to be like, <laughs> Oh, Patrick's a lame youth minister. And I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not. So I'm gonna button the top collar of my shirt so that they know that I'm a hippie youth. You should also, you should also get a tattoo on your forearm. Yes, I'm gonna to like get a really tattoo of a, a on, the, on my forearm so they <laughs> know bread. that I have a half past <laughs> of gluten. <laughs> of gluten. <laughs> we all have our demons. <laughs> I fight mine daily. Oh man! Speaking of you our get past, a, coming back get, to haunt us, you get teardrops tattooed on your face, and the kids are like, "Are those, are those for each person you killed while you're in prison?" No, it's for each loaf of bread that I ate when I was in prison. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of our past, coming back to haunt us, let's get in the hot take time machine. Welcome to the warm take time machine, where we bring you tweets. The jets on the machine have have stopped working, and so it's kind of a it's just yeah. a bit of a a boy soup of content. Um, Unfortunately, the hot take time machine is closed due to social distancing requirements. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for uh, for respecting each other's distance. This trying time, we're all in this together. Hashtag the only thing, alone together. The only thing certain about these times is that you can send in a tweet that's five years or older, and we'll <laughs> we'll read it on the show. Yeah, we'll read it on the show. This one is from Ethan Stevie Apropostle from July fifth, twenty fifteen. This is a true. This isn't like an embarrassing. This is like a true hot take. A true um, hot take. Yes. I will never understand why we sing songs about America during mass. God's kingdom is not between Canada and Mexico. Oh, nine is a hot take. Nine retweets, 50 likes. I it's that that's that would be a popular tweet. That's yeah, it's not an unpopular opinion at all. It's not an unpopular opinion, but I'd phrase it as if it was the only reason I remember that 
The only way I can remember that an American holiday is coming up is when they sing an America song at the end of May. Right. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's Memorial Day. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I, should, I feel bad. I should probably know that it's Memorial Day. Or I like came into the office day. today and no one was here. Yeah. I came into the office. I'm like, where is everybody? Oh, it's the 4th, it's of, the July 4th of July weekend. They weekend. all took off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, I totally forgot it was 4th of July weekend. I What I don't understand is I've never understood the what do you call it the flag <laughs> sorry wait, back it up. i don't understand the flag <laughs> I understand. why is it all why it's so uppity it thinks it's so cool up there flopping around waving at me who do you think <laughs> who do you think um, you are shake my hand like a man i don't maybe you can explain this i understand the the fact that we need to respect our nation and our country and that patriotism is a virtue yeah because like does the flag need to be in the sanctuary you know like does oh, the american yeah. flag need to be up there with the altar no it doesn't and my uh my sacraments teacher is from the uk and he uh and lived in austria for a while at franciscan's austrian campus mm-hmm. and he um he actually talked about this he was like coming to the states he called it the states coming <laughs> to the states was strange do in, because doing the accent doing the accent uk accent Coming to the States. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't feel bad for that. Do you ever hear an English person do an American accent? It's and the they most do like offensive a, thing They in the do world. like a country accent? Yeah. Hey, I'll go, I'm go going down to the Mc- beer with gotta my get, credit card. Gotta yeah. get some McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The worst. Um so he was talking about how coming to churches in america was strange because in the uk the way you tell the difference between an anglican church and a catholic church is the anglican church has the union jack in it Mm. so like the the flag the english flag because it's like the church of england right the british flag plays a big role in the church it's like a part of the liturgy or not liturgy it's part of the church and so um he told this joke that whenever he would go into an Anglican church, he would do a conditional genuflection because uh, some of their priests are valid priests, and so their their sacraments are valid. And so sometimes the tabernacle does actually hold our Lord. And so he's like, Lord, if this is you, genuflect. If it's just bread, see ya. Um, this is a conditional genuflection. Like you do a conditional baptism. Anyway, right. that's a sacraments joke. So yeah, so he, he was like, it's strange that we... And we, we like add a Vatican flag to like, you know, balance it out, but... I think it is it is kind of strange. It's like cuz we are kind of strangers here. Like there Catholics Catholic culture there's a zen, there's a real xenophobia to Catholic culture in our country. It's it's intense. The cathedral windows in Philadelphia and the at the in the Philadelphia cathedral they're up high because people would throw rocks in the cathedral. That's so sad. Yeah, and it's it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Um it's like it's like the the statue of um the statue of Junipero Serra being torn down. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a there's a real anti-Catholic bias there. Yeah, it's it's p- part of it is an, part of it is like a, a, a historical misconception. The other part is an anti-Catholic bias that I think is real. And like I think we need to acknowledge that exists. Um, it's not our time to to speak out about that. But like that's what people don't understand. You know, you know that whole uh, anti anti racism argument where like people will go like, well the Irish were discriminated against. Um they weren't <laughs> was, that, discrim- was that Richard Nixon talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? The Irish weren't discriminated. I'm not a, I'm not a crook. 
my only understanding of who Richard Nixon was comes from Futurama. Yeah. So right. <laughs> my trembling jowls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people people will say like, oh, like uh, there, racism in this country is not just against people of color. It's against uh, Irish were discriminated against too. The Irish weren't discriminated against because they were Irish. They were discriminated against because they were Catholic. And same with <gasps> the, the Italian, Italians, you know, mm-hmm. and. And like and like Jews were also discriminated against, even though they were because white, they were Catholic because oh. of their religion. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the 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 thing about like the Eastern European, Southern European nations when they came over, they were discriminated against because of their because of Catholicism. Um, and I even I even saw it on uh, on Reddit the other day. Someone was like, uh, it was on the someone like was posting. It was like a Karen post, and it was like, oh, mm. we, I found a Catholic Karen, and I was like, oh no, gosh, yikes. And it was a lady shouting about how um, you're all demons and you're going to hell. And I was like, is that – there was nothing specifically Catholic. In She's the also I... probably not wrong. <laughs> Whatever you guys are doing, you're probably going to you're hell. Probably, probably going to hell. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like there, there's this uh, there's this xenophobia of mm-hmm. – yeah. And, like, when I when I was a kid, like, my pro- my Protestant friends would, would make fun of me for Catholicism. And one, one time one of my friends pointed at my, uh, my scapular and said, hey, your graven image is showing. And I was like, Tim, you're you don't know what the word graven means. Uh, it means engraved. This is a picture. It's uh, embroidered. It's an embroidered image. Uh, get your facts straight. So, yeah. Anyway, you really showed him. I did. I got him real good. He ruined my trip to SeaWorld. He made fun of me for being Catholic, and he ruined my trip to SeaWorld. Uh, has anybody had a trip to SeaWorld that's gone well? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a trip to SeaWorld that's gone whale. Technically, it's a dolphin. Technically, Shamu is a dolphin. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please, please, please say your hot take. Please get me okay. out of this. Get uh, me out of on this August fourth, the 2000- splash zone of pain. <laughs> the splash zone of pain. Ethan Stevie in the splash zone of pain. <laughs> uh, this was comes from August fourth, two thousand and fourteen. Four likes, no retweets. I said because because <laughs> you good. <coughs> I'll let you. I'll let you calm down. For a I forgot how to drink. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, uh, because ahead. it makes me look holy in front of the ladies. Hashtag why I discern. No picture or anything. It's just that's it. That's the whole Hashtag thing. Why I discern. Hashtag why I discern. Because it makes me look holy in front of the ladies. And then afterwards, I tweeted, "Kidding." But was I? Was I though? He wasn't. I might have been. We but we all we all had that time. We all where, did that. Where we were at the Steubenville conference. Yeah. And they said, hey, if you want to be a priest, come up here. You get a special blessing. Uh-huh. All these guys went up. And then they looked down the aisle at the girl that they had a crush and be like, did you see me go up? Did you see me go, go up? To be I'm willing to give my life to the Lord, but I can be persuaded. 
and the guys that went up like would have girlfriends and it was like kind of yeah, weird i used to see couples awkward. go up together and i'm like what, what? <laughs> you guys need to have a conversation about this because you can't be doing both of these things the same but also you're in high school so it's like people would always ask would ask me when i was in high school like, can you discern a date at the same time and i would say no um looking back uh in high school i think you can <laughs> in high school i don't think you have the brain capacity to discern anything yeah so like you're you're by definition you when you are an adolescent you are undiscerning like you yeah. are you're unable to decide what is good and what is bad <laughs> like i and think so, i think do the do the dating thing in high school fine when it comes to graduation you're applying to schools apply to the seminary if they accept you think about it make that decision seminary is for discernment you know i used to i mean i did honestly used to think that i had to have it figured out before i went to college but that's mostly that's mostly because of who i am as a person i need to make sure that i don't make any mistakes Mm. you know like the idea that i might go back to school for something that i wasn't that i didn't do in undergrad like makes me shiver i'm like oh no like what if i what if i like supposed to be a lawyer and i have to go to law school like i'm so far behind everybody else you know i don't i, I don't understand that you don't understand I'm, that feeling i i hear what you're saying yeah. and i i understand that it is something that you experience yeah <laughs> but but i don't i can't say that it's exactly the same for me because i'm less like oh i have to get this well, I do have to get things perfectly right sometimes. More, it's more for me for things that are like less serious. Like I was playing a lot of online chess yesterday, yeah. and I kept I kept losing, and I was getting so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's less about like big life stuff and more yeah. about the other things for me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, what were we talking about? God? No, we're, we were talking about discernment. Discernment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to discern one thing at a time. <laughs> what were we talking about? God, <laughs> was that our topic today? That's yeah, my pitch. That's been. my pitch for being a voice actor on <laughs> Veggie Tales. <laughs> hey, kids, want to hey, talk about, about God? God? I always wondered when I was younger why they didn't do any New Testament stories. But I read, I read his autobiography, and he was like, "Yeah, I just never knew what vegetable to make Jesus." And I was like, "You know what? That's a really good point. It's <laughs> a very good point." Also, he'd be kinda, a carrot. Kind of hard to crucify a vegetable. That's the thing. You don't have any it's like, arms or legs. You start to get to the... Because that's the whole point of that Jesus was, be, was made a man. And so when you... <laughs> like not not a not a green so bouncing God, thing. So like God becomes man. In VeggieTales, God becomes man during orange. Is that what he would become? Okay. All right. I'm disappointed. That I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. There's some sure. fruits in VeggieTales. There are. There's the peach. Um, Madam Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bob, the tomato. Yeah, I still don't buy the tomatoes or vegetables or tomatoes or fruits. Here's the thing about fruits and vegetables. It's a food. It's not like vegetables are just a culinary term. There's no like scientific Mm -hmm. definition of what a vegetable is. Is the avocado a fruit or a vegetable? The answer is fruit. They just gave it away. (laughs) (laughs) What's that from? Drake and Josh. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like, like, I, what, what, what's like the, what's the similarity between like a carrot and corn? One grows, one is a grain that grows on a stalk, and one is a root. They have nothing in common well, outside that's of corn. That. Corn isn't a vegetable, dog. No, it's it, it, it's, it's not a, a vegetable. It's a starch, bro. Yeah, then what's a what's a potato? Is a potato a, a vegetable? starch? No, it's okay. a starch. Then what's the, what what what? Okay, a starch. Uh, what's keep, a uh, what are beans? Are beans, beans vegetables? Are, no, beans are definitely they're not legumes. vegetables. <laughs> they're legumes. Keep going. But green beans all don't also do vegetables have to grow in the ground? Then yeah. 
Okay. What about you pumpkins? You can't grow a vegetable on a tree. Pumpkin's pumpkins not a vegetable. Grow, it's a pumpkins. gourd. Get There's out so of many- here. <laughs> Don't even with me. Then why are there gourds and veggie tails? Because why does my because, camera keep falling? Because because gourd tails doesn't have a good ring to it. Listen, gourd tails would be a great show. I would watch the heck out of gourd tails. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in you not knowing anything. Like about the anything. Dragon Tail spinoff, Ord Tails, <laughs> where it's just where it's just Ord from Dragon Tails. <laughs> Man, could they have picked a harder dragon name? Ord. Yeah, Zach. And th- I was about Weezy, to say, like, makes sense. Yeah, Cassie, Cassie. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ord. <laughs> Ord. These are my friends: Zach, Cassie, Weezy, and Ord. <laughs> Max, Emmy. Maybe if we name one of the characters Emmy, we'll win one. I still can't think of the Emmy Awards without thinking of Dragon Tales. I didn't even know the main characters' names. That was oh, that's, I did. That's very good recall. Yeah. I haven't seen Dragon Tales in a minute. Me and uh, me and me and Nick and Sean watched like a couple of years ago. We made a oh, vine really? and about oh, Dragon Tales. That makes sense. Yeah. I was more of an Arthur guy. Like I really, oh, Arthur I really was loved. awesome. Yeah, I just couldn't. Every get past... day when you're walking down the street, Why I was just, the guy just Jamaican got... in the main theme. I don't song? know. That's don't a great know. question. I loved I loved Arthur up until they up until that Mr. Rapper's wedding episode because it just I just couldn't reconcile. Why a teacher would invite all of his kids <laughs> to the wedding. Yeah. That was the part that I was concerned about. Why is he inviting all these children to his wedding? That's weird. Yeah. Also, that was like a pretty recent episode, wasn't it? Like that wasn't Yeah, that's when I stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arthur was great. Cool. Um, do you have a topic for crunch on that? I do. You got a did you play did you play the crunch on that that we got sent in last week? So let me tell you this. Okay. Here's you what happened. Not. You didn't, did you? I had the idea <laughs> to put it into the show. Uh-huh, you had the intention to, but, but then the when I recorded it and put it in the thing, mm-hmm. and then I, well, what happened was is that I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, so I think what happens now is that you need to do penance. I think you need to sing the crunch on that this week. No, I think I all the listen. I'm taking the moral high road here. <sighs> if I was editing the episode, I would put. I know you. Would. Our listeners, I would. I oh. would make sure it was a priority. So I think you have to sing crunch on that. I'm a failure. Oh, how the turntables! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Looks like the table's on the other foot now. Go on. If you're listening to this podcast and <laughs> saying to yourself, "Ethan's really bad." At recording and editing. Now it's time for Crunch on That. <laughs> yeah, that's me, how that feels. Let me try that's again. That's how that feels. Let me take another pass. <laughs> nope. Go on, do it again if you want. I don't care. I'm loving this. <laughs> I did eat a pepper. Habanero. <laughs> now you're listening and say, Get out of there, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Let me, let me try one more time. This is the final one. There we go. <clears throat> uh, my favorite president is Richard Nixon. This podcast needs some fixing. Now it's time for crunch on, crunch that. on that. Yay! Crunch on that. Okay, there we go. I'll stick with that one. That's the one I like. So. I was at El Gimnasio this morning, and I was doing the pumping some iron. You were at the library? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was at La Biblioteca pumping some iron. And um, I was thinking about false prophets. Okay. Okay. The reason was I was listening to a Claire Who Speaking episode. I didn't exactly want to do that thing where we like bring up another podcast topic and then talk about it. Uh, but this wasn't their topic for the day. This was a tweet they read. So mm. um, they were talking about a tweet that someone posted about how they were a convert um, and uh, they were on Twitter and they were scandalized by like the churches they saw that girls wearing pants at mass they were like okay yeah they 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 but they were a convert to like really tratty catholicism because that's what they exposed themselves to um they exposed themselves to very trad catholicism and so like father anthony brought up this point where he said um when you're when you're a convert um, you have this zeal about you and sometimes that zeal has no home and you try and latch on to some community that you can find. And sometimes that community is very skewed in terms of ideology. And he kept talking, he, he was talking about, um, so like that, that, that's, that's the thing. Some you've heard, we've heard, we've had friends who have converted to Catholicism from atheism, but they converted to like SSPX, which is just weird yeah. because yeah. like, that's something that that why why does that why does that you know reach out to you and and I've seen I've seen on Reddit I've seen people say like is it cool if I convert oh this is this is a weird one is it okay if I convert to Catholicism for the aesthetic and everyone on r slash Catholicism was like yeah everything like no. anything can bring you to the church I'm like no it's not okay yeah. for you to convert to Catholicism for the aesthetic because the aesthetic is not what saves you and if you do that and that's the only reason you stay Did you will go to hell. Did somebody actually say that? Yeah, someone that's... was like, well, there's all the many roads to the church. They're trying to be as as accommodating as possible. And they and... say that the that the liberals are too accommodating. Yeah, really. And it was just. <laughs> It's, That's these, it's these things. So I want I wanted to bring this up because I Please. think that there are um, there are people in the church who uh, who take advantage of the zeal of converts or the or or the zeal of people who like want to be great want to be like better at their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk about false prophets and how to not be one yourself. Okay. That's what I've I'm never. I mean, I've never like been a false prophet, but like I could try. Like I could. Like I could be one. <laughs> I want. I want to know how to be one. Yeah, teach um, me. Teach me what not to do, so that I know what to do. There's this thing called discernment of spirits, right? And there's that. Yes. I meant. I meant to look this up, but I didn't have time for the podcast. It's the um, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he warns about false prophets, and he says, "By their fruits, you will know them." Right. I'm gonna look it up real quick. By their fruits. Um, and it's it's hard to it's hard to say like what um what a false prophet looks like because that accusation gets thrown around a lot. People like Protestants will say that, that the Pope is a false prophet and right. Catholics will rightly say that Joel Osteen is a false prophet. Yes. Um, but why, what, what makes a false prophet a false prophet? And it goes, Jesus is actually saying something that's very similar to what Aristotle said. So this, like this wisdom comes from like, this is this wisdom comes secularly too. It's like, you know, the goodness of a tree based on its fruit. So like Jesus says, you'll know, you'll know people by their spiritual fruit. So I think we, in order to, in order to get to the heart of what a false prophet is, we have to look at their fruits and what fruit should someone be bringing bringing out if, if they're not a false prophet, it's the conversion of souls. Right. And so if you're ever, if you ever find yourself in a position where you're not, the fruit of your work is not the salvation of souls, then you are a false prophet. Um, so I, yeah, I, 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 
What do you think about this? I think that you're right. Um, it's hard, to, I think, for a lot of people because, especially in the in the Protestant church, there's no – the only demarcator of whether or not someone is saved is just whether or not somebody has said that they're saved. Yeah. And so, of course, it is, it's easier for false prophets to crop up. Because they can just say it. Because they can just say things. And yeah. like people will say, oh, yeah. Um, he's saved because he said he's saved and people right. can't lie. So I think it's it's necessarily trickier, and I think it's uh, it's it's harder for it to come up. I mean, it still definitely comes up in Catholic circles of someone being a false prophet. I think prophecy in general is just something. This is a whole different thing. It's not about like actually being a prophet. It's more about like the the gift of prophecy, which I find to be so interesting. Um, but that's 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 a different conversation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, re- the reason why I bring this up yeah, is yeah. because false prophets never arise. They don't do it for funsies. That's the one thing. That's the one thing about Father Elijah that I kind of I don't like the Antichrist. I think the Antichrist is going to fully believe that he's doing the right thing. You know, like the, it's it's going to be a completely humanitarian. Like we're 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 gonna we're gonna make a new world. You know, that's like completely devoid. Do you really of, think it's possible for someone to be the Antichrist without like knowing that they're opposing God? Um, that's fair. That's a fair point. I think, I think it's, I think it's only possible. It, there, there is no the Antichrist though. There's only the spirit of Antichrist. True. Yeah. And the spirit of Antichrist does oppose God. But I think, I think that the per, the person, the person who will like, you know, be like, we, we think like the end times dude, it's some, he, they will honestly believe that religion is immoral hmm. with all of their heart. They'll believe they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Because even though it is twisted, right, and the devil have worked so well on them that they believe that they're doing the right thing. That's the other thing. The spirit of the Antichrist never believes it's in the wrong. So we have to constantly we have to constantly examine our hearts and say, Am I buying into the spirit of the Antichrist? Because the reality of this of this kid that converted and and maybe like we generally our audience will look at someone who says that women can't wear pants and okay, that obviously is silly. But there's other things that are more insidious that we do subscribe to, and and the the spirit of the antichrist always has an agenda, right? It always has it always has some kind of like cult, and by cult I mean object of worship. Um, and Father Harrison said two things that I think are interesting when it comes to like the the fruits that the fruits that they have is um, uh, impotent anger and a robbing of your peace. Mm. And I think that um, that describes Twitter. Yeah. Um, impotent anger, meaning like anger that has no power. I feel like that describes a lot of people. Yeah. Like in America. Absolutely. I mean, you see the you see these like the, you see like the these uh, these these conservative talking heads and these liberal talking heads, and they both have they're both just stirring up strife and like and and anger against each other, and you have no peace. There's like they there's like a the, a couple of years ago, there was just like the the blue wave is done, and we're here. The red wave is coming, and then people are like, "Oh no, we have to stop the red wave!" Like the blue wave is drain over. the swamp, yeah, and all this stuff. And it's this honest feeling that we won't have a good society until this type of people have either changed their minds, which we know isn't going to happen, or they're gone. If you change and that's your a, mind, that's dangerous. Yeah, that's a dangerous attitude. And so I think that I think that one of the um. When it comes to the church, right, 
there's this uh we have we the church in america is a is a mirror of our our political climate and so the political climate in america has this uh the the liberals have their people and the conservatives have their people and i think honestly both of these groups have their own false prophets when it comes to false prophets against what the founding fathers believed right i i think that they they go against the spirit of where america was founded um conversely i think or similarly i think in the church there we have this conservative tratty camp and we have this can we have this uh very liberal like open-minded camp and they have their talking heads and i honestly think that these groups have their own false prophets and whether you're a convert or someone who's kind of reverting or getting more serious into your faith i think you seriously need to address do you belong to paul or apollo or do you belong to jesus and that's a that's something that i i want more and more in my own life like i I have a friend who very, this is just an example. I have a friend who loves philosophy and he always talks about, he was like, he was like, oh, I used to be a neo-stoic, but now I'm like a neo-Thomist. And it's like this idea that we want to belong to like a school of thought or we want to belong to like some kind of group because we want to have some kind of identity, but our identity is in Christ. So do we believe that? And, and do we, do we place our identity in Christ or do we place our identity in our political leanings or our uh, ecclesiopolitical leanings? Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're theological leanings um, because whether or not you want women to wear pants, it's not a theological issue. Do you think that the kind of the spirit of the Antichrist and like kind of this false prophet, where do you think the the most that it's like present and visible is kind of in politics and like in sort of the the world of conservative versus liberal? Like, is that where it's most manifest or are there other places? Well, I can really only that? speak. I can really only speak for this country. Um, We're not talking about other countries on this podcast. No, 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 no. Our five um, Australian but... listeners, get out of here. <laughs> Our one person from Guam, shout out Guam, shout out that Guam. is this country. Um, <laughs> whoops, oops. But uh, I spoke to the president of Puerto Rico the other day. Uh, so, yeah. But I do think when America sneezes, the world catches a cold. Oh, that's kind of a bad thing. To Oof. Say. <laughs> um, oh no. But that used to be said about France, by the way. But um, but yes, yeah, so like America, there's uh, the cocoa culturalism. It's like we we have this we have this spread of. You can find a Coca-Cola anywhere in the world. It's like American oh, culture spread. So American I thought you said culture also Coco, like the it's plant. Coca, it's Coca culturalism. That's that's what oh, I heard it okay. Called. There's no um, cocoa that's grown in America. So I was no, like, what are you talking about, dog? Coca culturalism. Anyway. So uh, so yeah. So I think I think American culture does rub off on the rest of the world, and so not necessarily our political parties, but also but definitely our devotion, our love of politics. Um. So yeah, I think the spirit of the Antichrist in terms of American church is the spirit is 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 found in our uh, our political leanings and how much how closely we identify our um our political leanings with our church. And I mean Oh no. I want to go. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that debate between Trent Horn and Sam Rocha about socialism. I've heard about this. Did you watch I, it? I watched part of it. I just can't stand debates now because like I, what I want is I want like two friends, two people who are at least like respectful of each other to, to place uh, their, their grievances. But like, honestly, Trent's book and the way that he talks about socialism and like the, the way that he talks about politics, it sounds like the way Ben Shapiro talks about politics. E. 
and I just I don't I don't like it. And maybe it's just because they kind of look similar, like they have black hair and they're always wearing a suit and they're young. So are maybe you saying, I am. Are you saying that Trent Horn is a false prophet? Because if you are, you're gonna have to back that up. I'm not. Okay. Necessarily, because I'm not that familiar with him. <laughs> okay. But I do I I do think that like what? Why do you care so much? What is socialism? Why is it is it the socialism of the 1800s or is it the socialism of today? Is it the socialism of Bernie Sanders or is it the socialism of Karl Marx? Right, because his book, the cover is very Russian communist looking, um, and Catholics can't be communists, obviously. But you right. can't conflate, you know. And um, back back when we were in high school, the conservative shout was no, the progressives they're all over the place, and now it's no, the socialists they're all over the place, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like, what is, what is your, uh, what is your emotional connection to this? And I think, I think that th- that's something that needs to be addressed is, um, uh, the false prophet now is the enlightenment intellectualism. We, mm-hmm. uh, we say like, or the, the, the gold, our sacred cow now, or our idol is, uh, is, is the, um, enlightenment idea of, of, oh, I, I, I am only, I am only a mind. I'm thinking. And I am, I am, uh, I, I've thought through the issues and the facts and man, those other people, they really hate facts. They only care about their feelings and their prejudices or whatever. Um, and they're, they have biases, but I don't cause I, I'm super like an unbiased man. Like I, <laughs> Oh yeah. Which is weird. Cause it's like, it puts you in the center of the universe and it's very prideful. Um, so I think, I think we need to avoid that as Catholics. And I think that that's something that, um, I thought was going away, but based on the popularity and like the the publicity of of that debate, I'm I'm worried that it's not, and I hmm. I'm afraid that I'm afraid. we're going to um, we're going to start hating each other, and I'm worried that we're not going to recognize the the human um, the humanity of emotional connection to politics. I think I think if you if you start to um, if you start to be honest and say like, well, I lean more conservative because that's how I was raised and that's how I always saw the world. And so I'm trying to understand your perspective, but that just isn't how I was brought up. That's much more honest than saying, I just don't understand these liberals. They don't understand basic economics, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just wish that we could we could talk like that. At the very least, I know that it's not going to happen on Twitter, but we have a gospel that tells us if you give a cup of water to a little one just because he is a disciple, your reward will be great in heaven. We don't even give each other time to talk Mm -hmm. based on being like Jesus basically says you're supposed to love not just your neighbor, but like you are like you're supposed to love everyone, but you should especially love my disciples. And we don't, you know, we dismiss people as heretics because they voted for a certain politician, um, which is weird because that's not how heresy works. Um, yeah, we need to, that's, that's beside the point. I, I get on, I get on a, uh, there's a difference between heterodoxy and mm-hmm. heresy. Mm-hmm. Heresy is about the fundamental beliefs of who God is and who Christ is. Heterodoxy is believing and acting, you know, against orthodox belief. So it's like heresy is excommunicable heterodoxy is not anyway 
Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm glad you got I it. I followed all. a couple of this Catholic a... meme accounts recently and they're like, "Oh, if you believe in if you believe uh in abortion, that's heresy." I'm like, "No, it's not. Believing that Christ wasn't divine is heresy. That's heterodoxy and it's bad, but it's different." Anyway. I'm glad that you, this is a safe place for you yeah. to get it all out. It's very much not a safe place. This podcast? <laughs> No, it's not a safe place. Of course it Anybody is. Anybody could listen to this and cancel us tomorrow. Oh, We but can't defend ourselves. The, here's the thing. Work. You can't get canceled if you don't pay attention to That's what anybody point. says about you. So um, I, you're at an interesting point because you said like, oh, man, I think we're going to start hating each other. And I'm like, dog. We do already. Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, a, this is a tough conversation because there's – Part of me that this is, and this is also connecting back to what you're saying at the beginning, like the part of me desires, like obviously I desire to win back the culture for Christ. I'm a missionary on a college campus at a small secular liberal university that has no connection to God or neighbor (laughs) in any, in any sense of the word, right? Like that's where I'm, that's where I live. That's where I do my work. Yeah. Uh, And I love it. So I, I don't want what I'm going to say has to be balanced with the fact that I've given most of my life up to try and win back at least part of the culture for, for the Lord. That being said, a lot of me feels like that, um, God is just going to let America die. And like, we need to be okay with that. And like, we need to not be attached to it. And so I think a lot of this back and forth between conservatives and liberals a lot of it is to try and preserve America as they think it needs to be preserved, as they think it ought to be preserved. Like we need to I have. Desperately wish we could all read City of God. Yeah, it's literally about the fall of the greatest nation on earth. Though, oh, I should read it. Yeah, I, well, I it's it. it's huge. Oh, I have the abridged version. Worry not. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I'll read the shorter. The shorter. I'll abridge edition. the abridged version and release it with Bond Adventures Book Club. Attaboy. Kickstarter in the link below. Please, for the love of God, don't let this die. <laughs> Speaking of things that might die, America. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's on the on the left. It's like, all right, well, we need to have you know, marriage needs to look like this, and family life needs to look like this, and this is what sex is, and this is what gender is, and this is what economics is. Yeah. Um, and then on the right, it's it's the the same thing, just in the other direction of like, this is what marriage is, this is what sex is, this is what economics is, um, and. I mean, at the end of the day, if we're if we're honestly Catholic, we we can say that neither group has it a hundred percent correct, and there are elements of both sides that that are right. Um, there are elements of both sides that are wrong, which sounds like me not taking a stand. But at the end of the day, it's like I have this perspective, and I'm, I tend to be a bit more fatalistic than probably some people. I have this perspective that's like, well, it's all it's all going to collapse. It's all going to die. It's all going to go away. So yeah. like these statues that you're really worried about keeping up or tearing down, eventually they're going to be turned to rubble from the passage of time. And so like, yeah, tear them down. If you want to tear them down, keep them up. If you want to keep them up, I don't really care. Cause at the end of the day, like I just want to know you and I want to know why you want to tear these things down. I want to know why you don't want to tear these things down. Um, but like we can't be attached to like these institutions and these things because nowhere in the Christian faith are we promised that the United States of America is going to continue on. Yeah. And, and we just like, because we're, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, there's no way to like pinpoint when America started to decline, but like, there's no, 
just thinking about how many people are in this country, 300 million people, and how how much more divided things are getting. Like, there's no way that we stay one country for 400 more years. You know, like, there's there's no way. Yeah. It's been, like, a little over, you know, 200 and Barely we're been a couple of decades we're we're already like or centuries you know we're at each other's yeah. throats and so it's like if you there's no way this is going to persist um just if you look at history you know the only well the only thing the, the one big thing that's different now than it was like in the fall of rome is the um uh globalism yeah and like the fact is that it's very unlikely, not impossible, that nations attack nations because of what happens when nations, powerful nations, make treaties. It's like, oh yeah, sovereign borders are pretty sovereign, but there's no guarantee. No, Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and it did when your grandparents were alive. So is that? I just yeah. No, nope, you're right. I just read Island of the World by Michael D. O'Brien, which is about the story of a guy from starting. He was a kid during World War II. And there was like this civil war going on in Yugoslavia and Croatia and all of, I don't know all the countries down there, but I'm aware of them. And it like kind of chronicles like all of the civil war and like the the socialist regime that came in and um, repressed art and like threw people in jail. And this like guy went to, went to prison and his whole family was killed and all these things. He eventually made it to America and like people would like talk about like how their freedoms are being restricted and all this stuff. And he was like, Oh yeah, you guys are, your freedoms are fine. You know, like you're going to be okay. (laughs) You know, I, I went, I went through this horrendous like labor camp, you know, and, and now I've been set free. But anyway, so like, and that happened less than, less than a hundred years ago. Mm. I just, I don't know. So I I want to clarify something you said with the statues. Did I say something dumb? Because, no, no, no. I, 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 I just think that right now, like, tear them down and keep them up. It's like, no, no, I definitely think we should take down Confederate statues. I definitely think that that's probably a good a good idea. Um, we shouldn't glorify men that yeah, are we, evil. We shouldn't honor people that are bad. Yeah. Should we take but down will, every every single statue from the Civil War era? No. No. We should take down every statue. I'm now an iconoclast. I'm kidding. But because <laughs> our, audience, our audience, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, they might have strong opinions about Confederate statues. Um. And if they do, write in. Tell us why we're cool. wrong. Like uh, we're we're willing to listen to, the to you. Sarah statue. Oh yeah, that's bad. Like it's bad to tear down that statue. But I will say, like the Catholic response, Saint Louis de Montfort built a statue of Our Lady, and the French government tore it down. And they were like, the, his people were like, let's riot. And he was like, nope, it's the Lord's will. Hands off. Like wow. we're gonna. Pe- at, and you know what, Unipro Sarah, if someone tore a statue of him, if he knew that he his statue was going to be torn down and he was going to be defamed as someone who was racist and murdered people, he'd be like, okay, <laughs> that's the slander that I take. He's like, I'm in heaven. I don't care. You know, like, because that's, that's, that's ex- literally the example that Jesus set for us is that he, God became man. Yeah. Wa- like not even a statue, just like a guy walking around. When you withstand, when you withstand persecution, Mm-hmm. for my name's sake <laughs> right you know like you're gonna be called blessed in heaven you're you're entering into his holy saturday his crucifixion you know he died a criminal and like he laid there liberating the dead and people called him a criminal We're spitting still. on him yeah like all these terrible things defacing disrespecting and then yeah i mean like think about how many statues of jesus have been 
ripped down how many statues of our lady have been ripped down throughout all mm-hmm. of history and like just imagine what you think like yeah Unipara exactly saint louis de montfort exactly but like jesus and mary what, i mean what are they going to do are they going to do you think i can't i just can't imagine if you think about what jesus did when he was on earth right he there was this oppressive regime that was controlling the religion in the area that he was in he was god <laughs> and he still is God, the king of the universe, he could have come in and be like, all right, I'm here to establish the kingdom. Now, all you Jews, let's all get together and we're all going to go to to the Rome and I'm going to, I will protect you. I'll be in charge. I'm like, I, I have legions, you know, of, of yeah. angels. We can wipe out the Romans or there's the very least subdue them. And we, we can restore, you know, the kingdom of, of David, right? Like we can, we can bring it back, baby. Yeah. And like, and then, use the logistic systems of the Roman armies and roads and all these things to spread the good news of the gospel all without violence. They all could have done it without sin, right? Like all of that could have happened, right? If Jesus had desired to do it in that way. Um, and it would have been, yeah, that would have made our world look very different had that, had that <laughs> been the case, but that's not what he did, right? He was humble and he accepted his punishment from the government. He accepted um, all the things that were bad and wrong while at the same time, like not standing for injustice. And so I think like we have to, we have to take things as they come in the same way that Louis de Montfort was talking about. Like, yes, we should, we should fight against injustice. Right. Which means that those, the statues that are uh, commemorating things that are sinful should not be, should be torn down. But if in the mix statues of saints starting to start to get torn down, what did Christ do? Right. He didn't march. He didn't take over. Like, which I don't want to like sound bad because it's like yes, there are things that are good when you march for them. Yeah, you know, like, like it's it's hard because then it's like yeah. well, Martin Luther King. It's like yes, I understand. Yes, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. King marched, and that's great. That's and he great. Was a great Christian, and like I, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't want to make it yeah. sound okay. Good. Christ, Christ, the Christians converted. That's the big thing. It's like Christ did conquer Rome. Yeah, he straight up did. Why are we called Roman Catholics? Because the plan worked. Yeah, he did but it. He didn't. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm discrim- de- uh, degrading political action, but he didn't organize a letter-writing campaign <laughs> to conquer Rome, you know? Like, at the end of it, like, all these things are good, right? But it's not because your elected officials will listen to you if you, like, write in... Not write, letter-writing campaigns from... This is this comes from the hill itself. Letter-writing campaigns aren't that effective because they just count. They just tally. If you write a handwritten letter, that's much more effective. Or, like, a, a typed-up personal letter. Anyway, because they have machines that scan and they filter out letter-writing campaigns. Um, I digress. Converting the hearts of the authorities in Rome is what made Rome convert. Converting hearts will always win. And we can't convert a racist heart at all. Christ can. Yeah. We can't convert a liberal's heart, a conservative's heart, a, um, a tradie's heart, you know, um, a spirit of Vatican II person's heart. <laughs> on our own we need christ and that's the difference between a false prophet and a prophet Mm -hmm. a prophet will tell you that because that's the truth a prophet will say repent and believe in the gospel a false prophet will say i got this Mm -hmm. i can do it i'm gonna go to washington and i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the vatican and i'm gonna i'm gonna start a twitter account (laughs) i'm gonna start a news organization i'm gonna start a podcast all of these things will say I can do it. I can 
just just give just like let me let me have my my 10 minutes and i got this yeah that's not the whole be the change you want to see in the world you know who said that a false prophet his name was gandhi yeah and (laughs) be the be christ and convert hearts like that you know that be an instrument of christ that's that's the that's the answer is like don't be a false prophet and say like i can fix this my my brains are what's gonna do it and that's the weird thing that um that democracy did to our minds and our hearts is that it made us believe that we're right and that you know because like there's a there's a i don't know where i heard this but it's like it, it honestly takes a lot of chutzpah Oh yeah, to run for president. Oh like, yeah, you have to believe with all of your heart that you're the guy. Yeah. Not only that you can run a country, or but woman. you can essentially, yes, guy in the guy in the general sense. I okay. don't know the 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 fella. That's kind of guy too. I don't know person. The, the person. Well, person has the word son in it, so oh, it's essentially no. misogynistic. Have you seen that meme? Anyway, no, I haven't. Um, so you're the you're the you're the one. That you can run a country and not only that, but like basically run the world, you know, I mean, girls run the world anyway, as we know. Um, so like democracy kind of made us believe that we can fix individually. We can fix things um, because we have the power of our voice and the power of our vote. And that's true. But that can be taken away from you. Um, that absolutely can be taken away from you. But the ability for you to love like actually love and move people by your love and showing them who Christ is, that can never be taken away from you. You're, the grace that you've received, you can always choose to use it. So that's that's what we can do to fix any problem in our world. Um, yeah, so unfollow every organization that tries to rally you around a political point. Unfollow LifeSite News. Unfollow Church Militant. Bold. Unfollow. Unfollow. Unfollow the, I'm not saying unfollow Trenhorn. I don't actually know much about Trenhorn. He's he's probably cool. His, his podcast crunch, is a pun, so the Crunch Catholic podcast. Yeah. Are we oh, trying his, to... his uh good. Are we what? No, 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 good. His uh Trenhorn's podcast is a pun, so I think I think he's cool. Okay, great. I yeah. The at the end of the day, people the internet sucks because it makes us feel like we're a part of something where we're not actually a part of something oh yeah it's bad what you're just what false prophets do right what you're a part of is your neighborhood what you're a part of is your school what you're a part of is your parish what you're a part of is your family and like the body of those those are the battlegrounds of the gospel that the lord has placed you on and just because the news is telling you that the battleground is over here over here over here over here (laughs) yeah that doesn't mean that that's Unless the Pope straight up comes out and was like, call to arms, Deus Volt, like we need we need people, right? Yeah. Then then maybe you can trust that the Lord is saying the battleground is in a different place, right? Listen to your bishops, listen to your priests. They'll tell you, you know, if they're good bishops and priests and don't say, hey, the arena of the secular is for the laity and not for the clergy. Um, I'm kind of annoyed at Bishop Barron right now for his... Well, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but also... You can't just like that is what Chrissy Fidelis Leitchi says. You can't just hands off, you know. At the same time, that's fair. Like I think, what is effective leadership, right? What were the what were the best bishops in the history of the church doing, or the best priests in the history of the church doing? Getting eaten by lions. Yeah, they were because they were in it with yeah. with the people, 
right? Mm-hmm. And he, they they would let the people lead the charge. They're not the one. The, the The movement should not revolve around the clergy, right? Things should not yeah. happen because yeah, yeah. of the clergy be the main drivers. And if a certain clergy person leaves or moves or whatever, if the movement falls apart, then that's that's no good, right? But they mm-hmm. need to be in lockstep with the with the people, you know? Yeah. I think I think what uh, what Bishop Barron I think what he might have been trying to say is what Father Anthony and Father Harrison said really well. It's like our job is not to write policy, no, but our job is to tell you when that policy doesn't embody the love of Christ. Right, and it just I think it's yeah, it's sad that it seems like I can't. I'm trying to imagine like a, the average suburban parish, like a priest kind of putting up a call and saying like, "Hey, we need we need." Like we need to do this or this needs to change. Like I can't imagine anybody actually doing anything about it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like why, why I'm a missionary on a campus is to hopefully prepare people. Cause I think things are only going to get worse. They're not going to get any better. That's them's the breaks. And so <laughs> in five, 10 years, hopefully through the work of focus and through the work of like youth ministry that you're doing, like we'll, we'll be able to prepare people to be able to say yes to those calls when they're, when they're needed. Yeah. And then also be able to say, Hey, this is the Lord's will. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be present in my neighborhood, be present in my family, be present in my school, be present in my workplace rather than try to fix a problem. That's not, it's not mine. I don't know. Like the humility, right? The whole thing of like, it's the Lord's will. Yeah. It, it takes prudence because sometimes the answer is go and sometimes the answer is stay. It's a both and. There's there's no answers on this podcast. <laughs> Just questions. We're the questions podcast, baby. Speaking of questions. Oh, no. Okay. Give me one. Get a quick one. Or, yeah. Okay. Or the long one that you say that you've always wanted to do. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hello, Hi. anonymous person. I am back again. It's a second for another a repeat dating asker. question because I I'm I'm back for another dating question because what else do I have to do during quarantine? Um, I have this friend who's about to finish his first year as a focus missionary. He and I met in passing at the Catholic Center a few years ago. We became friends one summer while we were both taking summer classes. The following semester, we got really close. We texted each other pretty much every day. We went to a concert together. Wow. We hung out at the student center doing homework and studying together. Mm, he holding would frequently hands. Skip class to spend time with me, which I discouraged, but he did it anyway. Classic boy. Mm-hmm. I had definitely developed feelings for him, and it seemed like he had liked me too. After finals ended, feel a butt coming. We got coffee to hang out before him going home for break, and he basically asked me what my feelings were towards him. Oh my gosh, T. I said that I liked him and asked if he felt the same way, and he said he felt like God was just calling us to be friends right Whoa. now. Oh, no. no. He, played, he activated his trap card. Dang. Um, why would he and say that? He had already he begun. Oh, God. He already begun a dating fast since he accepted his position with focus. Obviously, that sucked. Wait, no, he's finishing his, he's finishing his dating fast. Okay. Um,. So that sucked, and I thought it was weird considering he was still six months away from starting with focus. <laughs> but he told me he considered me one of his best friends and didn't want to lose me as a friend. This is why the dating fast might be bad sometimes, because that's imprudent. Because you can't keep so if you like someone, you can't go on a dating fast and keep them as a friend. Correct. So that you you don't have to comment on that. So for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the school year, we were still friends. Again, imprudent, but we didn't talk as much. Fair. I was totally cool with that since he had just low key rejected me. 
He high key rejected you. I'm sorry, but it's fine. <laughs> we kept in touch a little bit over the summer because I wanted to hear how training was, and he asked my parents to become mission partners. Ever since he got to his campus, though, I haven't heard from him at all. I sent a couple of texts over the year just to check in or say happy birthday or whatever, and he hasn't responded. In the past couple of months, he keeps liking and commenting things that everything I post on Facebook, which Ugh. he never did before. I'm like 95% over him because, hello, he used the ultimate Catholic friend zone line on me. That's probably how she typed it. But I'm still confused. I can't tell if this is his way of laying the groundwork to emerge from his supposed year as a half-long dating fast. Baby, I'm in the cocoon. I'm a beautiful butterfly now, baby. I'm out of the cocoon. Oh, man. I can't tell if this is him laying the groundwork to emerge from his supposed year and a half long dating fast or if I'm reading into things too much and he's just spending more time on social media because of quarantine. Fair. Dr. Ethan, what is your prognosis? Wow. This, I feel like that's the wrong word. What's a prognosis? It's, it's when a doctor decides what's wrong with someone. I feel like that's a diagnosis. No, prognosis. What's the difference? Emma, what's the difference between a prognosis and a Emma, diagnosis? Get on the podcast. It's the prediction of the probable course and outcome of a disease. So it's the course and outcome, mm. the likelihood of a recovery. It's a prognosis. A diagnosis is what you have. A prognosis, like prognosis. Ah, uh, I cool. see. All right. So this whole question is about Patrick Tolls, which is great. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny though? He just I don't know. he just crapped his pants to listening to this because he's like, oh shoot, what if it was about me? And I had no idea. Um, I think. Here's the deal. If you said, listener, Becky, you said that you're 95% over this guy. So just get 5% more over him. And then if he asks you out, you can reject him. Yeah. <laughs> you can say no to him. And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you can you pull out the rug under his feet yeah. and say, this is what it's like, Buster Brown. I, I think, I, I mean, I really say, say Buster Brown. Say it. <laughs> I really think that uh, you answered your own question and saying that you're mostly over him. And if he's if he's into you now, it sucks. He missed his chance. You know, if you don't. Yeah. But also, if you like him and he asks you out, say yes. Yeah, next time you like someone, instead of a dating fast, think about dating fast. Yes. Boom, baby. Um, I think you don't have to worry about his, his failures or imperfections because as a guy who does a dating fast, it's very difficult to to just get rid of <laughs> all of your female friendships and flirtations in your life, especially if you're yeah. just used to having that sort of emotional validation since you were in high school. I definitely was. Ooh, yeah. You know, that like sucks. that's those are behaviors that get reiterated and reinforced over eight to 10 years before you become a missionary and go on a dating fest and all of a sudden you're like hey get rid of all of that in 12 months it, <laughs> yeah they're unhealthy but you know it's really it's yeah. really hard and it doesn't it doesn't just go away and so yeah just because he's on a dating fest doesn't mean that necessarily like his unhealthy attitude towards women has just disappeared because mine certainly did not um and so i think yeah understanding that it might take a bit of time for him to get to be in the place where he needed to be. And so you can't have any sort of grand expectations of healing and getting over things or whatever. Um, and also maybe he realized that he likes you during the dating fest. and wants to ask you out. And also you might've realized that you don't like him. So I think that the answer is, as it always is on this segment. And I hope, I hope more people understand this. If you like him, go out with him. And if you don't, then don't. You have anything to That's add? Advice. You have anything to add, Patrick? I have nothing to add. I think that was solid advice. I I'm pretty excited for the next three that I have on docket. Oh, I great. can't get to them today. No, not today. But um, for highlights, one of them I'm excited because I can't tell if it's a fake name or not because every single name I'll tell you them after the podcast. Every single name is like very much not an American name, um, and I can't tell if they're Middle Eastern. But anyway, um, 
the next question I'm not excited for because he called me Dr. Ethan and Nurse Nevy, and he, he called our podcast a little MP3 recording we make with our friends. First of all, a- if you're going to come <laughs> in my email inbox, you best you – listen, don't, don't expect any mercy, okay? That person who signed their name lonely in Wisconsin, you're, you, you're, you stay in Wisconsin. We're okay? I for forgot you. that Wisconsin was a state. That's how much I'm <laughs> – anyway. And then the third one started off with, hey, howdy, hey. So I'm really excited. For okay, that great. I haven't read it yet. A lot of good energy coming off these questions. I know. Tune in next week for a big announcement and also big questions. And then uh, finally, if you haven't supported my Kickstarter yet, Bonaventure's Book Club, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, someone asked me, is it um, Saint Quotes? Um, in a sense, it is a book of saint quotes. If the quotes were uh, all in a row, like they some things they said all in a row, then yes, it's one big saint quote. It's only one quote though. Uh, so it's just called right. It's, it's, they wrote it's it. called a book. It's, it's called a, a book. book. Yeah, it's called a book. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, like if you want to read the original uh, Summa and actually get through it, then uh, yeah, subscribe to Bonaventure's Book Club. How many little tiny books are you going to be able to use to get through the whole Summa? Because I feel like that would take you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's abridged. So, like, we got through the entire treatise on grace first. Next, uh, we're doing faith, hope, and love. So, we're going to have um, his treatise on the theological virtues split up into three categories, hmm. faith, hope, and love. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll be able to get through it. It's just you're not going to get every little objection and reply to the objection that he does. So, he's like, uh, some say that love is – or some say that grace uh, doesn't imply anything in the soul. It's like, what does that mean? You don't really need to know because – it's just a theological argument that happened in the medieval ages that doesn't happen anymore. Nice. So cool. That's the parts. That's the stuff we're cutting out. And then we're keeping in all the stuff that's pertinent and important. Um, this, the first series on grace. Uh, if you want to talk to your Protestant friends about why faith alone is not a tenable belief for a Christian, subscribe to Bonaventure's book club. I promise you like this will, you could, you could give this book to your Protestant friend and give them a solid, early Christian argument against faith and works faith alone and works alone. Augustine's on grace and free will is chef's kiss. Such a good example of why works aren't works. Don't save us, but neither does grace alone save us. So check out Patrick's Kickstarter. It's in the description. Sorry, Faith alone, faith alone. It's in the description. It's the best Kickstarter you'll ever support in your life. Yep. Um, other than the one that's going to get me, uh, a burro to ride around yeah in case of emergencies and so uh, um, <laughs> 300 people have already si- or sorry 100 people dang it 100 people have already signed up so join that 100 people because we need 550 so uh you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash the crunch do not follow me on any social media listen to patrick's blog on patnevy.blog <laughs> patrick do you have anything else for the people <laughs> don't be a false prophet um when instead you could be a gangster Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Cha-cha real smooth. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.